0: Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective.
1: Welcome to Indiana basketball.
2: And hello, welcome in, Tuesday edition of the program, glad to have you with us, complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Happy New Year to you, look forward to getting back in a regular routine of weekday, daily programs in the 11 o'clock hour, and of course I know a lot of you. Can't join us at 11. You listen as a podcast, and no matter how you're with us, appreciate you joining us as we talk about IU and sports here in southern Indiana. Obviously, a ton to get to, uh, a whole bunch of sports here over the holidays since we last spoke. Uh, I guess it was on Friday to end the 2022 year of shows. And uh, obviously, today I think we start with uh, a topic that has nothing to do with Indiana. And nothing to do with local sports, but so very important and so very concerning. And that is uh, Buffalo Bills player DeMar Hamlin uh, collapsing on the field. An apparent cardiac arrest uh, in the big Monday night football game in Cincinnati last night. And not a ton of update on his position. He is at the hospital. He is listed in critical condition. But uh, obviously it just makes the world and the sports world come to an absolute stop. When you see a player of that stature, 24 years old, collapse to the field, and then you see the reactions of the players who were right there and saw all the CPR and the things that were administered to him in really moments uh, after he collapsed to the field. You see an ambulance on the field, the players banding together almost to make a human shield, a human wall, to give uh, Hamlin some privacy during this really terrible time and a lot of unknown, and of course the game... Ended up being suspended permanently, at least through last night. Who knows what the plans, who cares what the plans are to make up that game. But it really reminds all of us, it sure did me, that, you know, sports are fun. And as Indiana basketball fans, we probably take this a little bit too serious at times. I think sports are so important to so many of us, especially here in our state and in our area but uh, definitely yesterday, last night, a just a sobering moment. And all you can do is give your thoughts and prayers to DeMar and his family. And uh, just hope that there is some steady progress. I think it's a good news, honestly, given the reactions and given what we heard and saw last night, that the young man is still alive. And we hope his condition continues to improve on an hourly basis and that maybe one day he can play football again who knows at this point but uh, that was a real sobering moment for everybody I wasn't even watching the game live it was off in the the distance and somebody said oh my gosh you have to see this and uh, immediately you're just drawn in uh, to the situation out of care so let's hope that uh, he is okay let's hope he improves And, obviously, our thoughts and prayers with him to begin uh, our Tuesday program today. I tell you, again, moments like that uh, make you realize that sports are fun. Sports are important. Sports are a business. uh, But... uh, Really, that game means very little last night, and a lot of this stuff truly in the overall scheme of things mean means very little, and so I wanted to start the program with that today. One good thing, and I've kind of been following this, is that uh, like a lot of professional athletes, uh, DeMar had a foundation Uh, has a foundation that uh, he uses to raise money for his community and for various things. And uh, I saw on Twitter last night he created a GoFundMe page, which is a way to donate online, really trying to solicit uh, a goal of $2,500 for a toy drive uh, for his foundation. And uh, I guess with all the happenings last night, uh, that thing went viral. And I've got it pulled up in front of me right now. Uh, you know, it's got the little meter that shows you how much further you've got to go to raise your goal on GoFundMe. And, I mean, donations coming in left and right for $5, $30. There's one on the screen that just came in for $5,500. He's raised $3.8 million some odd dollars as of this hour right now. That is absolutely amazing. And, obviously, this is just something that happened all, all of a sudden in, in support of him Uh, because of uh, what everybody witnessed and was drawn into last night. So uh, for a really tough situation, a scary situation, I'm sure a lot of scary moments still ahead for he and his family, Uh, that is one good note to see people of all uh, teams and fans come together uh, to support a random toy drive uh, in tribute to him uh, is a really neat thing. So, wanted to start our show with that. Lots to get to. I thought the college football playoff games over the weekend were fantastic. We'll talk about that. Obviously, it was not a good night for the Big Ten. Really surprised. Michigan uh, did not defeat TCU. Uh, thought that Georgia might, I don't want to say blow out, but might really get past Ohio State. And I thought the Buckeyes kept it pretty close. And so, uh, and non-Big Ten final, an opportunity was there for an all-Big Ten final. And obviously, it didn't go the conference's way at all. But uh, should be a fun championship game. Georgia, the big favorite, but hard not to pull for TCU. I really doubted them all season long. I, I didn't think their conference was legit when they lost that last game of the season. I thought, aha, you know, they, maybe they shouldn't even be in the playoff at all. But boy, was I wrong. They really battled back and forth with Michigan. And uh, it, for a football fan, I should say for somewhat of a football fan that I am, everybody knows I'm a basketball guy through and through. Those two games were very, very entertaining. It was a good New Year's Eve of uh, football. And I thought college football on great display uh, Saturday night with both of those games. And I'm looking forward to the championship. But I would be shocked if the championship game was near as good as what the semifinals were, but we'll see. Uh, Also, uh, another note, we'll talk more about this today. I know Indiana fans keeping close tabs on Purdue, the Boilermakers number one in the country, playing great basketball, and uh, right there at the top of the Big Ten Conference, at least until yesterday, Purdue was defeated by Rutgers, and so maybe Indiana fans can let That bad Rutgers loss, was it really that bad on the road? A tough place to play? A Rutgers team that is clearly good. Boy, Matt Painter had some really nice things to say about the Scarlet Knights after the loss yesterday. Uh, Are they in the upper echelon of the Big Ten Conference now? And uh, maybe that IU loss to Rutgers back in mid-December, some of those early Big Ten preview games wasn't as bad as what we thought Uh, at that moment. So we'll cover that today as well. Let's take a look at the show lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment. We'll continue to look at some of the headlines of the day. A lot of stuff coming out of the weekend, getting ready for Indiana and Iowa. Iowa lost to Penn State yesterday as well. So going to be a really interesting game for the Hoosiers. And we'll start to preview that game uh, in our show today. Later in the hour, Mike Schumann, of The Daily Hoosier will join. Uh, we'll get the latest on IU basketball. The team had a little bit of a holiday break. They are back at practice. We heard from Coach Woodson last night with his coaches show. He had another media availability a little earlier this morning. We'll check in with uh, Mike on what Coach had to say and uh, get you all ready for the IU-Iowa game coming up this uh, uh, later this week here, just a couple days from now. It seems like A long, long pause, and I guess it has been a long pause with no IU basketball. Once the season gets started, the games normally come fast and furious, and boy, it sure slowed down just the way the schedule laid out for the Hoosiers this year. So I know a lot of people excited to get IU basketball back, and I think it's going to be a very intriguing game uh, on the road for Indiana here to start this uh, 2023 portion of their schedule. So, Mike Schumann with us. Later in the show, we'll take a look at high school basketball here in the area. Big high school game tonight. Providence is going to host Southwestern Hanover. That's a potential sectional matchup as well. Providence is, I think, the team in the area, uh, of the area as we start the new year. And uh, they're missing Casey Kalen, who is out with a wrist injury but expected to be back at some point here in future weeks and uh, obviously he's a key player not just for providence but one of the great players uh, in the area this year so we'll talk a little high school hoops to begin uh, this year as well a little bit later in the show that's the show lineup a service of Honey honeybake tam in new albany don't forget to check out their dinner package deals which are being offered you can dine in take them to go and curbside service is still available as well at honeybake tam in new albany also really love to hear from you we love to get your questions your comments your thoughts topics you want to talk about uh, a number of ways you can reach us each day here in the 11 o'clock hour, uh, but the best is the Thornton's text line. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. You can send in anything, questions, topics comments. Uh, We have great guests that join us each day that uh, know a ton about IU basketball and more. I'd love to hear from you and get your direction here on this program. Again, that number 502-414-1450. And at Thornton's right now you can get a free sausage, egg and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg and cheese croissant or a steak and egg burrito and any fountain drink, tea or fizz freeze or 20 ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's and don't forget to send us a text at 502-414-1450. Let's get into some headlines for the day. First off, some interesting things from Coach Mike Woodson that he had to say on his Monday night radio show, which by the way, we carry those each Monday night here on the Big X. With Xavier Johnson out due to a foot injury Indiana is going to shuffle their starting lineup that they have in recent weeks. Uh, Trey Galloway uh, has received the starting nod, as has Jalen hood Shafino in the last two games. But according to Mike Woodson last night, it appears that Trey Galloway is going to be off the bench in future games. He said last night that he's going to start Tamar Bates and bring Galloway off the bench to kind of back up the second unit. He said he needed another ball handler in the lineup. So interesting to see Tamar move into a starting position uh, a few games after Xavier Johnson's departure, at least for now. It looks like he's going to be out for a considerable period of time after having surgery last week. So that's one big thing to look at in the Iowa game coming up later this week. And in the AP poll, Indiana now number 15 in the top 25 that came out. So Indiana, without a lot of action, continues to hang tight Uh, They're in the Associated Press poll. Of course, that poll's going to change, though, because uh, it came out yesterday. Yesterday, Purdue uh, dropped that game, as we mentioned, to Rutgers. More on that here in just a moment. And so there'll be some obvious changes coming at the top of the poll as well. But Tamar Bates into the starting lineup against Iowa. We'll talk more about that later in the show with Mike Schumann when he joins us today. That was really the main takeaway from Coach Woodson's radio program last night. Also on the women's side of things, uh, we probably don't talk as much IU women's basketball as we should. I did get a chance to watch their game with Nebraska on Monday. And uh, Nebraska solid, Nebraska tough, but the IU women able to win in overtime, a very key win early in the new year uh, as far as the Big Ten Conference standings go. Uh, Mackenzie Holmes was named co-Big Ten Player of the Week because of her good performances against Michigan State and Nebraska. And Indiana, a solid team, a very legitimate team. I think they have a really good chance to make some damage in the conference. We'll see if they can win the whole thing. But it's a a good conference for women's basketball this year as well. Boy, I was impressed with uh, Indiana hanging tough. Nebraska was hitting threes. They were hitting everything. But the IU women able to hang tough. They're doing all this without Grace Berger. Uh, who's a Louisville product from Sacred Heart, has some connections here to southern Indiana. Uh, she's been out and been injured and uh, is hope, uh, hopeful that she will return a little bit later in the season. But uh, I think good, good stuff for the IU women so far this season. After a great run through the non-conference schedule in the early part of the Big Ten season, We'll see if they can pick up where they left off as they return to Big Ten play or already have returned to Big Ten play uh, here so far early in this year. High school basketball, a couple notes to pass along. You know, I mentioned this as we begin the new year. Providence has really been the team of 2022 23 so far, and they're doing all of it without Casey Kalin, who's been sidelined with a wrist injury. Keep in mind, Casey sustained that injury very early in the season, I mean within the first quarter or so of the season opening game for Providence against Brownstown, and uh, Providence now 6-3, and three, of course, coming off the Silver Creek Holiday Tournament Championship. They defeated Charlestown and then host Silver Creek on back-to-back nights to win uh, the tournament. Noah Levin has really stepped up for the Pioneers. He had 26 points in that holiday tournament game. Uh, that was my first in-person look at Providence this season. And, of course, my first in-look person uh, look at him without, uh, without Casey Kalen. But Noah Lovin really has stepped up. He's a transfer coming in from Louisville Trinity and a big piece for Providence. You can tell that he and Kalen together, I think, could make this Providence team very dangerous. The only problem I see for Providence as far as having a little postseason success is, number one, getting Kalen back healthy to go with Lovin and some of the other pieces they have. But number two, that sectional, uh, it's always been tough with Southwestern and Clarksville, but it really takes a big step forward with Brownstown Central and Jack Benner, who's a Purdue commit in that sectional. That makes it a very tough, not impossible. I think Ryan Miller and Providence will be prepared for that rematch if, and I think we can say when it happens, but uh, definitely uh, their addition dropping down from 3A to 2A make that sectional a lot tougher this season as well. And at the Hoosier Hills Conference, you know, we're paying attention to Jeff and New Albany and Floyd Central locally New Albany had a real stinker of a ball game against Centerville, Ohio and Gabe Cups. We talked about that some last week, but New Albany actually atop of the Hoosier Hills Conference standings heading into the new year as well. And of course, I'd be remiss as we talk some high school hoops here this opening segment if I didn't mention the New Albany and Jeffersonville game coming up on Friday night. It'll be played at Johnson Arena and Jeff should be a great crowd. Let's see if we can pack the house for that rivalry game on Friday. Of course, the Big X will be there. If you can't make it out to Jeffersonville for the rivalry game, we'll have the full play-by-play story of that game Friday coming on the air around 7.15 p.m. But that's always a fun one. And this year, with how the things are going in the conference and how I think, I don't want to say even, but how many possibilities there are uh, in the Hoosier Hills Conference as far as a lot of teams very similar, I think, to each other. I think it's a big game as far as conference standing goes uh, early. And Jeff, I think it's a really big game for the Red Devils because if they can defeat the rival Bulldogs, this Jeff team is only going to continue to get better and better as the season goes on. I know it's maybe hard to see that if you're just following scores. The Red Devils are 5-4. and four. In Sharon Wilkerson's first year, you look at their last two games up at North Central, they were hammered 84-68 by Indianapolis Pike. They made a late comeback to make it very respectable against Indianapolis North Central. 69-57 was that final score. Uh, But taking on some really good competition, Cathedral and Warren Central and, uh, of course, Pike and North Central all in advance of the New Albany game coming up on Friday. So it's a young team, a Jeff team that's uh, got a lot to a long way to go, but a team that's getting better and uh, I think uh, Friday nights will be interesting, and we'll see if the Red Devils uh, can get a big win in that contest to move them into the 2023 portion of their schedule. Also, another note for Jeff and really for local basketball fans, the New Albany Jeff game is this Friday. The following weekend, the Red Devils play Floyd Central on Friday night and at Providence on Saturday, so A lot of big rivalry games coming up here over the next two or three weeks of the season, and we look forward to being at a lot of those games and bringing you the full play-by-play story from some of these big high school contests locally. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday, January 3rd. i got to say this, 2023. Edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. We'll step aside to a commercial break. When we come back, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier joins. We'll talk IU basketball, Tamar Bates in the starting lineup for the Iowa game this week, and we'll preview the Hawkeyes. They've been on the struggle bus recently as well. So, more on that coming up with Mike Schumann here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Happy New Year to you. Glad to have you with us today. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is our guest to talk IU basketball and more in this segment. Always give Mike uh, his work. It's free. It's uh, try to give him a plug each week, uh, thedailyhoosier.com. You can also follow him on social media, on Twitter, at daily underscore Hoosier as well. And, Mike, uh, I started the show with this, and I want to start our segment with this. I know it has nothing to do with – IU basketball, the big game with Iowa that's coming up later this week. But that situation last night with Hamlin on Monday Night Football, it makes you realize that IU basketball wins and losses and whatever your favorite sports team is in professional football or whatever the league is, at the end of the day, uh, it's not as serious as life and death. It's not as important as what we probably make it. And uh, last night, really a scary, scary situation.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt about it, Matt. Um, you know, it forces you to kind of pause and, and reset how you think about everything. You know, what we do, talking about, writing about sports. Um, you know, I've got young kids that that play sports. Um, you know, being around these athletes all the time, getting to know them and their, their families. It just it things in a, an entirely different perspective just to think that that something could happen like that on the playing field or or on the court. Um, It just really just makes you pause and, um, you know, just put things in the proper perspective. As I I said, that you know, all all of this is entertainment and and it's all, you know, potentially temporary and and there's a lot bigger things going on than the games that we talk about and write about. But, you know, it's also – part of the story, because it's always out there as something that can happen. Fortunately, we we don't see it very often, but, but when we do, it certainly kind of forces you to, to pause and reset. You know.
2: Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with me here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Mike, let's dive into the IU-Iowa game coming up on Thursday. I think one of the topics is what Coach Woodson said last night on his radio show, Tamar Bates is going to be put into the starting lineup. It looks like Trey Galloway is going to come off the bench and kind of lead the second unit, as Coach Woodson put it last night. Your thoughts on Bates getting a starting assignment here on Thursday?
1: Well, it, it certainly seems like it's deserved. I mean, he, he's a guy that's you know emerging. He's headed in the right direction. He gives you a scoring pop, which I think Indiana definitely – Needs, especially at the start of games. You know they've they've had several slow, slow starts to games, and, and you know I think Woodson also suggested that the base is improving as a defender, which I think was an important part of that kind of that calculus to, uh, as to whether or not to give him a starting role, give him more playing time. As could he be trusted on the defensive end, so that you're not trading too much by taking a guy like Galloway off the court so it, it, it's an interesting move it, it makes sense I, I wondered if they might even go a step further and, and you know move Miller Cop to the four uh, just to space the floor better for, for Trace Jackson Davis when he comes back um, they, they did some of that in the Kennesaw State game but apparently that's not at least the move in terms of the starting lineup but I will be Curious to see if that's something that they go to more often uh, going forward, just to the space the floor better because I think that's been another issue. Uh, that you know you got guys like Grace Thompson and Trace Jackson on the floor together, The the areas of the court where they can score the basketball kind of overlap and it makes them a little bit easier to de- to defend as a team. So that will be something. I mean, Woodson's been pretty consistent throughout his tenure at IU, where he doesn't necessarily. Finish games with with the lineup that, it, that he starts with so whereas Bates is going to start the game I'll, I'll be watching just as much to see how he finishes
2: talking about tomorrow Bates and IU basketball with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier this Iowa team interesting as well I know they dropped one I think it was yesterday to Penn State uh, they've had some injuries they've had some struggles as well so Uh, It's an Iowa team that really needs a victory. It's an Indiana team that really needs a victory. Uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting matchup on Thursday.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. We just talked to Mike Woodson like an hour ago, and someone asked him, you you know, how do you approach a team like Iowa who has lost three in a row? I think they've lost four out of five, including a really ugly loss to Eastern Illinois a week or two ago on their home court. Little bit of a wounded animal situation, you know. what's in said, just that, you know, they're, they're dangerous because they've lost three in a row. You know, you know, Sam McCaffrey. I thought coming into the season was kind of a coach on the rise. You know, a guy that you know had some success here in the last couple of years. Uh, they've got a unique way of doing things with their high tempo offense. They, they give away a little bit on the defensive end, but but. You don't look at this team and think, man, they're just going to be down and out all year. So the question is, when do they get right? Um, you alluded to it with, with injuries. I think Kenyon Murray missing time. Connor McCaffrey has missed time. I think they're getting healthier right now. So at some point in the not-too-distant future, we're going to see Iowa put it together and have a really solid game. The question is, can Indiana be the team that avoids that on, on Thursday night?
2: Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, talking IU at Iowa on Thursday. You know, Mike, we've talked a lot about the Big Ten. I'm going to bring up Purdue and Rutgers here a little bit later in our conversation. And as you as you look at the breakdown of the Big Ten Conference, we know there's going to be a ton of tough games. We know that road games are very difficult in the conference. This is nothing new, uh, been that way for, for years now. But for Indiana to start with an Iowa team on the road that's having some struggles, uh, as you look at what's ahead, and this is not just for Indiana, but for any team in the conference, as the full conference season gets underway – A a team struggling, a team with some injuries, it's a a game Indiana needs to pick up on the road uh, to help get them off to a boost here to start this Big Ten season.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, if you you want to legitimately contend for the Big Ten, you've got to find a way to to steal several games on the road, and and this certainly looks like one of them that that Indiana should at least go into expecting to have a legit shot to to pick up this win on, on Thursday night. Um you know, it, it's just something where they, they have not looked good at all on their two true road games this year. The, the, the game at Rutgers and the game at Kansas, I, I think everyone would agree was, was by far their worst performances of the other season. Um, a lot of it goes to just getting off to really bad starts in games um, in both of those situations and just kind of having that, that deer-in-the-headlights look that they had in both games. And I think, you know, you go on the road in the Big Ten. You, the Indiana brand still means something. It still gets opposing uh, uh, players and fans excited. You know, you're always going to get a tough crowd, and, and you just got to respond. And, and the interesting thing about Iowa is, you know, Indiana started out that game last year in Iowa City really well. Uh, so, kind of a you know juxtaposition of, of what they did. Uh, in some of their games this year, but but in that game last year, they kind of fell apart, started turning the ball over. Uh, you know, Iowa made some changes with the way they were defending that I think bothered Indiana, uh, playing some some full court zone defense. Um, so th- I, I think you know the bottom line is you you gotta win on the road. There, there's some gettable games on on the road uh, in in the Big Ten this year. You look at like a Minnesota, Northwestern. You know, throw Iowa in that category. There's some games that you look at and you think Indiana can get that game, but I don't think there's going to be any that you go into and think you know that this one's a lock. Uh, just because Indiana doesn't have that characteristic of you know mental toughness right now that that suggests that hey, this team can be trusted to go on the road and just put their foot on the throat of somebody. They've got to prove that on a sustained basis, and now they've got to do it without Xavier Johnson, who was probably. The, you know, from a toughness standpoint, the the you know the guy that fit that bill more than anyone. So now they've got to do it without him as well. So nothing's going to be easy, but but at the same time, that there's definitely some winnable world games out there.
2: Mike, this Indiana team has not played since December twenty three, two days before Christmas. This is quite a break, and I know we talked about this a, a week or so ago. I really can't remember a break of this size uh, during the holiday period for Indiana. It seems like they've always had at least one more game. Uh, snuck in there somehow but for the Hoosiers uh, this break I've said all along I think it could be very good to get players healthy and rested who are a little bit beat up uh, and just to kind of reset things so I think Thursday night as we watch this early part of the game unfold part of it will be was this break good or bad to Indiana that remains to be seen.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt that you can have a long break and come out a little bit rusty. But I think specifically in Indiana's situation, the the number one thing that that they had to get right was getting Trace Jackson Davis healthy uh, to to the point where the back is just completely not bothering him, completely out of picture. We don't know that that's going to be the case, unfortunately, because Woodson told us today that actually yesterday was the first time that, that he had practiced kind of full go with full contact. And today was kind of a day to see how he responded to, to that. So he's clearly not yet at the stage where, you know, there's no back issue where he's not thinking about it. But it at least sounds like it's potential that, you know, if he came out today okay, uh, that, that Thursday he could be back to full strength. Because there's just no doubt. If you, you, I keep thinking about the Xavier game. Um, especially as they continue to look like a better and better team as this year progresses, he was absolutely dominant, and that was you know against a couple of respectable big men in that game. It's not like Xavier is a team that has no size. Um, so so Indiana, and we saw this last year in the Big Ten tournament with their wins over Michigan and Illinois when Trace Jackson Davis really is truly a hundred percent, which I think a lot of times spans don't realize that there's been a lot of times last year and then this year where he has not been 100 percent and he's just kind of grinding through some things but when he is truly hundred uh, percent they are just a completely different team because he is such a unique player to have to defend uh, because of the quickness that he can bring uh, against uh, big men that really can't match his speed both you know with his footwork and his second jump which is elite um, so so it if anything else through this break, if they've gotten Trace Jackson-Davis back to 100%, where he can play at that level that we've seen in the past, that will kind of trump everything else in my mind and make this a very valuable time off. All
2: right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, talking IU basketball, our first opportunity to do so here in the new year. Mike, uh, want to bring up the Purdue and Rutgers game yesterday. Uh, Rutgers is good, and Coach Painter had some really good things to say about just exactly how hard and how tough they play and how tough they are to play against. But I, th- I think that that result yesterday knocking out the number one Boilermakers maybe should uh, allow IU fans to to let that loss back in mid-December go a bit and realize that at Rutgers, it's a good Rutgers team again this season, even with some key, de- key departures last season. They're They're really good, and I'm not so sure that they won't be in that upper echelon of the Big Ten soon if they aren't already.
1: Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. And the, the interesting thing is that I don't even think Indiana saw Rutgers kind of at their best because if you remember that game, it was the first game that Paul Mulcahy came back from injury, and he, he didn't start that game and didn't play a ton of minutes. I think if you watched that game last night, you, you saw just how valuable he can be as a big point guard who can affect the game in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah, I, I listened to Matt Painter's press conference after that game last night because I was curious what he would say about Rutgers. And, and, yeah, he used that word toughness over and over again. Sometimes it feels like a cliche when coaches talk about it, but, but you know, after Indiana's experience going out to Rutgers, Purdue's experience last night, and just, you know, you, your own eye test, that it does make a huge difference. It's not just toughness. I think... Uh, Steve peichel has got a unique ability to really, you know, implement and get his players to buy into a complex gameplay, and I think they defend in a lot of unique ways, and, and you know, even within games, bring a lot of different looks. But they seem to execute very well. I mean, I, I feel like you know, after watching them play a few times this year, with you know, look, look I, I don't think anybody would say Rutgers has the most elite talent on, on their roster. I, I, I'm starting to think. Uh, Steve Peichel is going to be a guy that gets a lot of looks for kind of a a next level job if he wants it. I mean, he's, he's getting Rutgers to that level where they're a consistent NCAA tournament team, um, but but he's got to be somebody that's catching a lot of attention just for the way that he can get teams to buy in to play tough and to get the most out of you know what's not a you know a five star roster by any stretch of the imagination.
2: I didn't realize that uh, this is the second. Uh, straight time, I guess Rutgers has beaten Purdue, they beat them six out of the last last seven games. I know Indiana fans uh, know that it's a tough place to play, and Indiana's had some real struggles with Rutgers in recent seasons as well. But they've had Purdue's number also.
1: Yeah, um, if you recall, last year Purdue didn't even last a week as number one because Ron Harper Jr. hit a near half court shot at the buzzer to take them out on the the week that they had been. Name number one last year, Um, I I didn't realize it was quite as extensive as you just laid out in terms of their Purdue struggles against Rutgers. It it sounds very very similar to to what Indiana is experiencing. Sometimes it's a little bit head-scratching because you look at Rutgers' resume and they have losses that you think, well, okay, if they're they're able to go into Mackey and win, as they've done a couple times now in recent years, how how are they losing some of these other games? Um, Probably some of that goes back to the... The lack of talent. Sometimes you just, you know, you you can play as tough as you want, but if you're not making shots or you're turning the ball over, it's just not going to translate. So sometimes that happens. But certainly for the Indiana fans, they can fully appreciate how tough of an out Rutgers is.
2: Absolutely, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, as we look ahead at the schedule, obviously Northwestern is after Iowa. I know there were some Big Ten games on already this new year. Uh, Got a chance to watch the IU women yesterday as well, which was nice. They are uh, solid and got a good win at home. But any early reactions to Big Ten scores and results as you look ahead to what's next after Iowa and Northwestern for for the Hoosiers?
1: It just seems like a daily reminder that that there's no easy games. I mean, none more so than, than last night's result with Purdue and Rutgers. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't feel like there's, I, I do still think Purdue's the favorite. I do still think with Zach Eady that that just makes them different than, than everybody else. But I don't think that there's like, you know, a dominant team. I don't think that there's, you know, I still feel like in that kind of two through nine, two through 10 spot, there's, you know, a lot of parody in the league. I'm um, going to be just a lot of tough games. Like, like that Purdue Rutgers game last night that goes down to the wire, um, you know, you think about the Michigans, the Michigan States, the Illinois teams that have been at the top of the league here in recent history, none of them are kind of at the upper echelon elite level, like, like we've come to expect them to be, but they're all good. They're all going to be especially good at home. Um, just a, just a balanced league is what I see top to bottom with the exception of maybe uh, Minnesota just kind of being that outlier that just doesn't seem to, to be able to, to you know, put it together. Nebraska and Northwestern have shown alternatively that, that they can get team spits, and I think we'll continue to do so.
2: All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Mike, if you're Coach Woodson and Trace Jackson Davis or one of the IU players, what would be a couple New Year resolutions you would shoot for as a team? Is there uh, one or two things that you think this team needs to absolutely change or focus on to reach the level of success that obviously fans want. and maybe at one point earlier in the year they were kind of projected to have.
1: I think what we saw against Kennesaw State I, I thought the adjustments in that game were phenomenal uh, the the two things you know spacing the floor better by bringing the, the big men out to the top of the key uh, to you know really clear the lane not just for you know the big name not just for Jackson Davis, but to create driving lanes for Jalen Hunschoffino, which he's really good at, and they haven't utilized that a lot. Um, I, I think that that's important. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Jackson Davis: the more space he has to operate, the, the better he is. If you allow him to, if you allow everybody to collapse on him and double and triple team and pack the paint, I think it really just clogs up Indiana's offense a ton. Um, so, and and then you know I think. Along those lines, what they did in that game, putting Miller Kopp at the four, like I mentioned, I, I, I'm really curious to see if they do more of that. I think more spacing, again, is just the key to making this whole thing work. And then on the defensive end with the players, you know, there's been a lot of talk about a lack of toughness. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, missing coverage assignments on ball screens. I think they just have to really lock in more, uh, look, look more like Rutgers, where they're really bought in both from a toughness and from a game plan perspective and really eliminate mistakes and really, you know, kind of get into people and defend the way they have shown that they're able to, which is a tough thing to ask because I think Xavier Johnson was the guy that kind of made all that click last year. So that will be interesting to watch. But if you're asking me what, what I think they need to do, that that's what it is, is to defend at a much higher level than what we've seen so far this year.
2: Mike, before we let you go, there really continues to be no time frame, at least announced publicly. Coach Woodson, I know, brought it up in very general terms, I think, last night on his radio show. But uh, kind of up in the air about when he could return. And I know he's put out some tweets and social media postings that I think have made fans hopeful it could be a quicker return than what you might expect when somebody... Has surgery, and you think it could be maybe season-ending or at least a, a long period of time. But do we have any estimation or any idea at all about when Xavier Johnson could be back, and exactly how long this period is going to be? No, I mean
1: Woodson is saying publicly that that nobody really knows what, what the timeline is. You, you know, first you got to have the injury properly heal itself and then, then he's got to get himself back into playing shape so I, I think they're being honest in that regard that it's it's not real clear although I think they they have some indication and I thought it was interesting what Woodson said today if people didn't hear it they can go find that, the video of it but basically he hinted that Johnson is a little bit ahead of schedule and the things that he's already doing um, and that kind of lines up with some of the things that Johnson has posted on social media um the most optimistic estimates i've heard are, are late february I, I think with the things that, that like woodson said today I, I think maybe that is where we'll end up but i i think they're also being honest that you know it's just too soon to know it's too soon to put a specific date or timeline on things but but i, I would be surprised at this point if we don't see him before the end of the, the regular season let's put it that way
2: All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, dailyhoosier.com, at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. Mike, as always, thanks. Happy New Year. Glad to have you with us on Tuesdays, and big one coming up Thursday. We'll talk about that and more next week when you join us. Thank you, Matt. Always appreciate it. All right, Mike Schumann with us here on this Tuesday program, talking IU basketball. We'll head to a commercial break here in just a moment. Don't forget New Albany and Jeffersonville, a big rivalry game at the end of the week, we'll have that broadcast for you. 7:15, our pregame coverage on Friday night. If you can't make it out to Johnson Arena for that big one. Also tonight, no broadcast, but Providence and Southwestern. If you're looking for a good Tuesday night high school basketball affair, you can check that one out as well. Should be a sectional-type field of that game. Uh, Those two teams have sure had some great battles here in recent seasons, including in the postseason, that's for sure. We'll head to a break. We're back to talk a little high school basketball and to wrap up our Tuesday program. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this uh, Tuesday program. Hard to keep the days straight uh, with all the holidays, but we're past that and back into a normal routine, I hope, a normal broadcast schedule as well, but a good opportunity to remind you, if you miss our live show, you can always find us as a podcast. I think basically anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you'll find us. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and uh, you'll find us there. I mentioned high school basketball this week, Uh, Obviously, nothing bigger than New Albany and Jeffersonville. But a number of uh, interesting games coming up. You've got uh, Borden and New Washington also on Friday night. Uh, Charlestown will be at Seymour on Friday and take on Madison on Saturday. Another rivalry game on Friday, it's the Christian Academy rivalry game. Christian Academy of Indiana located in New Albany will take on a solid Christian Academy of Louisville team uh, right here in New Albany at the Indiana campus, Christian Academy six and two on the season, off to a good start. Also Friday, another rivalry game. Clarksville at three and seven will take on Providence, who is having again a solid year at five and three, even without Casey Kalen. That's the uh, town of Clarksville championship. Floyd Central with a big challenge. They'll take on a solid Corden Central team on Friday. Then they'll play at Indianapolis Cathedral on Saturday. That is a really tough game for the Highlanders who are off to a tough start and uh, should give a shout out to Court. They are now 8-2 and two on the season and lost uh, narrowly 63-59 over the holidays to Heritage Hills, which features Trent Sicily, who's a big IU target, really a big target of A lot of Big Ten schools, uh, but Corden is the real deal. They are off to a good start under Joseph Hinton, the son of legendary Floyd Central coach Joe Hinton. Uh, Henryville this week, they're at Trinity Luther. That's a Saturday night game. Obviously, Jeff and New Albany, a Friday night contest. And uh, that is a look at things. Silver Creek this week, uh, they take on Eastern Pekin. So that's kind of a a look at uh, the schedule for the week and a number of big games. And that's the great part about January. You get into some of these uh, Friday, Saturday games, a lot of rivalry games and some big conference games coming up as well. Not just this weekend, but over the next few weeks, I think some big matchups, new Albany, Jeff Friday, uh, Floyd central, Jeff central, I should say Jeff Providence, all those local rivalry games coming up here. Very quick. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday program. We'll be back on Wednesday. Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star will join. Also with me is Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, all on our Wednesday program. So join us for that at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt (music) Dennison.